Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is going to be brought to you by Nick Ratliff, Realtor. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a bit. We are going to talk Mark Stoops' press conference. We're going to talk some basketball overall. Some The new rankings came out, and Kentucky obviously dropped. That's not surprising. But some other teams in the SEC went up, and one also had a really nice win this weekend. So we'll talk about that. But what I do want to start out with something we missed. It was quite egregious, to be honest, and I apologize to everyone. On the previous podcast, we didn't talk about Benny Snell's comments after the loss to Tennessee. And I, they opened a lot of eyes, and we had a spirited debate on the Sunday morning show about is that a good thing or a bad thing um, that Benny Snell said that he that the team needs to put in guys that want to play, basically calling out teammates. When you first read those comments from Snell, Kyle, what was your reaction? Yeah, that could go you know one of a couple ways, but you know uh, I think he's probably not wrong. Um, it sounded like Mark Stoops was okay, generally okay with what he said. Um, you know, something happened. I mean, this was a, this was a team, you know, you worked his radio show, Mark Stoops radio show tonight, and I was listening to part of it. And, you know, one of the callers brought up, this was a team whose reputation was toughness. And like, where did that go? <laughs> what happened? Uh, and I think Stoops said, that's a fair point. Um, mm-hmm. he loves to say I, that. I think that's kind of what Benny Snell's talking about. I mean, you could just see like. Certain guys were getting pushed around. Certain guys didn't seem to be giving the same kind of effort that we saw uh, over the course of the year. Um, you know, you don't get manhandled by a subpar team that you know came in with a losing record and scored 14 points on Charlotte the week before without contributing to that some yourself. Yeah. And uh, there was definitely some some shooting of oneself in the foot. And uh, you know, there's just. I think maybe some lack of effort. I, I I didn't have a huge problem with it when a guy like Benny, who's been there and been a performer for three years now, um, has played hurt and through bumps and bruises of his own. I don't know that he's been totally healthy lately, and he's continued to play through it. Uh, I think he kind of earns the right to stand up and say some of that stuff. Yeah, I agree to a certain extent with that, but I still don't think it's necessarily good because this is what happens. You end up start saying who's he talking about? And then you start speculating. That turns into something. If you're speculating, Kyle, about who that is, and that can kind of turn on onto itself. So if, if in theory, like if you want to flesh it out, someone starts saying, who's he talking about here? Is it this offensive lineman? And that theory starts to, to starts to get rolling. And then the next time we talk to anybody on the offensive side of the ball, they say, you know, they have to answer a question about that. And could that kind of grow into a negative team energy? And I don't think they need any more negativity for the team. So I, I necess- didn't necessarily like that, and I don't know. It, sending messages through the media is always, I think, a tricky opposition. I think coaches, specifically Calipari, love to think they can do it. And, you know, they do. They use us as intermediaries to go ask guys. I mean, Calipari and, and Stoops and other guys will mention someone, and then we'll, uh, we have to go ask that player about what the coach just said about them. So I, I can understand that, but... I don't know if it'll work out as well when it comes from a player because 
I mean, if, if he is calling somebody out and then we kind of get to the bottom of it, then someone's going to have some resentment. Maybe that is, at the end, it's a benefit, but I, I think there are some negatives to it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't think how he did it was very negative, though. Like, I, you know, there's there are other ways you could do that that would be much more negative. And, I, and with Benny Snell, I, sus- I would suspect he went right to those people and said it to them in the locker room or has. Um, so, and that's part of, you know, when you talk about wanting to have veteran leadership, I think that's part of what it is. It's not just rah-rah guys when you're winning. It's guys who will grab their teammates by the face mask and say, you're not doing enough. Like, and if you're not going to do it, then get out. I, I, I actually think that's a, if done the right way is actually a very powerful form of leadership. Yeah, I, I can see that too. The other thing that I did want to mention, and, um, it was actually, I was talking to Dick Gabriel about this today, who's the host of the show I produce weeknights and the sideline reporter for UK football. The one guy he pointed out specifically, and and he had some comments as well after the game, was, was C.J. Conrad, who's always a little bit more measured in his words with the media comparatively to Benny Snell. Um, but he was he talked about how frustrating it was and you know those kind of things. But when you watched him on the field, there were some pictures, I think, from the Herald-Leader that I saw. It, it looked like he was about to break down after after portions of that game because I guess he really truly understood what kind of slipped through their fingers in that game. Yeah, I think any of the, the veteran guys who really care uh, to, to pay attention probably recognized as much as the fans that it wasn't a small thing to go beat Tennessee and Knoxville. That, you know, it was this last piece of kind of ugly history that uh, they've knocked down so many of those this was kind of the last one. I mean, obviously they, they still haven't won the East, but Mm -hmm. that's not ugly, really ugly necessarily for them. That's a, that's a chore. And they're, we're facing a team that's really good, but you know, all the ugly losing streaks within the league, um, you know, all those things had been knocked down and this was a chance to do that and do that coming off that loss to Georgia. That was so disappointing where you put everything right back in play in terms of, people thinking of this as a, as a historic season for Kentucky. If you, you finally break the streak against Florida, then you break the, the road losing streak at Tennessee, and you do that on the way to, you know, conceivably smashing your rival Louisville, who's having a horrible down year and just fired its coach, and you win 10 games, you know, anybody paying attention realized there was still a lot left on the table, and there's a little less left on the table now. I think they can still finish 9-3 and three and would be – to me, that would be a resounding success of a season yes. by any measure, even even after what happened in Knoxville. But, yeah, guys who are paying attention, guys like C.J. Conrad, who've played through some pain and injuries and uh, – Came back for know, a senior been, season when he had an opportunity, and, yeah. Yeah, and been, been the good soldier who's, uh, you know, a top-rated tight end in the NFL ranks who's not getting the ball very much, and, and that's all fine with him. He just wants to be part of winning. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that one stung quite a bit. All right, I got an off-the-wall question because it's a talking point that is apparently is gaining some traction on social media, and I actually had a call on it tonight as well. Do you think Lynn Bowden is an NFL wide receiver five years from now? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some there's some little okay. dudes like him All right, who, well, who've, who've made it work. All right, well, that's that's about the response I thought. It's not a surefire thing because a talking point that is gaining some traction, and I guess it has some validity but everybody's saying Eddie Grant has the best running back in Kentucky history and an NFL tight end and wide receiver, and he has such an atrocious offense. 
obviously, Kyle, I think you would agree if you don't have a quarterback who can execute things, and I'm not laying everything at the feet of Terry Wilson, there's no way that it would necessarily work. I, uh, Eddie Grand deserves some criticism. I don't think there's any question about that. But to kind of pin everything on one person, I think, is a little bit too easy of an answer when you when football is such a complex game. Well, yeah, and there there are some other factors. Look, Benny Snell is a terrific running back. He's not a home run threat. He's he's not going to break the big play. He's the guy who is death by a thousand paper cuts or mm-hmm. death by a thousand punches to your nose. But uh, he's not going to decapitate you. <laughs> you know, like he he just he's not the home run guy. Lynn Bowden can be, but he's also tiny, and he's not a, a lock as an NFL wide receiver. He's tiny. He's not a guy who you can throw the ball up to. Your star receiver is a guy who's tiny, who has like he has to be used in specific yeah. ways. Uh, what I think Kentucky lacks, they lack a home run threat in the running game. Uh, they lack a home run threat in the passing game. Like Lynn Bowden can be the home run that you dump it off to and he takes it the distance, but he's not the guy you're stretching the field with. He's not the guy that's going up and making plays. Kentucky can't do anything down the field, not just because of its quarterback, in fact, I think less because of its quarterback. I think Terry Wilson's got all the arm you need, and, and, and we've seen it a couple times. I, I think it's a lot about what they don't have at wide receiver. Uh, you, can, you can say they have this and this and they should do more, but like they are missing some stuff that a lot of SEC teams have. Where's the 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver who nobody can handle? Well, he's trying to transition back from playing basketball yeah. the last maybe couple that's, years. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the guy, but like – yeah, they no. don't have that guy. Yeah, they he, don't have you know, him. Dorian Baker was supposed to be that guy. And, and he was he's suspended. totally unreliable. And he, he, was, was, he was suspended, and when he does play, he drops every other pass. I think their recruiting this year is huge for them because they just picked up a junior college wide receiver who I think the hope is going to be an instant impact guy. They got Wandale Robinson, who I think you know, I think the goal for him, you know, it's like maybe you have a home run guy there. They need more of those. They they don't have enough playmakers offensively. Yeah, they don't. And, and that'll transition us perfectly into um, talking about Mark Stoops and what he had to say today, kind of on his coach's show and in his press conference. Uh, he, he talked about kind of those playmakers. Before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about Nick Ratliff. Buying or selling a home is a huge process and not something you want to do alone. You don't want to go through it without someone to guide and protect you each step of the way. Nick Ratliff with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate Cypress is the man for that job. Nick is a lifetime resident of Kentucky, so he knows the area and shares your values. He loves for his clients to benefit from technology, but never loses that personal touch. Visit their website, bbnhomes.com. Oh, did I mention Nick is a University of Kentucky graduate? Twice, actually. And he's a lifetime Kentucky Wildcat fan. Maybe he went back to UK for that second degree to get access to those cheaper student tickets again. If you're looking for a home or ready to sell, check out bbnhomes.com or call 859-429-SOLD. That's 859-429-7653. Don't buy or sell a home without talking to Nick. Um, To the point about explosive plays, Stoops said that exact thing today in his press conference. He said, we're not overly explosive. I... He is going to wear it. And uh, it also clicked back in my mind after the Georgia game when he was saying, we need to go recruit more. And to your point, Kyle, they're trying to get those guys that are explosive, but you can't make, what's the saying, um, chicken salad out of chicken stuff. So sometimes yeah. you know, 
you when you don't have the guys, you don't have the guys. And yep. it's it's weird because stuff was working early in the season and they were putting up pretty good points, but it kind of showed later on that they don't have a guy that can just they don't have a Swift from Georgia that can just make a play. They don't have the wide receivers that Tennessee even has where they catch a hail mary pass like that. Yes, uh, you know, and like that's. I mean, that's really all Tennessee has is those, those wide receivers, but that's enough if you got a guy that can get it to them uh, sometimes. So, you know, look, and people say year six, well, he recruited them. Why doesn't he have them? It is remarkable that he's able to been able to recruit the positions they do have, you know, the, the talent they do have. This is some of the best talent Kentucky's ever had, but they still have holes. I mean, they just do. And, uh, you know, I think they thought they would have – you'll be able to count on Dorian Baker by now. I mean, it's it, it's kind of crazy they haven't. I think they thought they could count on Taven Richard. I mean, they went out and tried to get guys who fit that bill. Uh, you know, those guys fit it from a, you know, measurement standpoint, but they've just not made those plays. Uh, you know, maybe Ahmad Wagner becomes that guy. They've certainly tried to get him the ball, and, and it's been at least positive in that he's drawn a bunch of flags. But uh, right now, that's – that you can't over time. I don't think it's it's sustainable to just use sort of the battering ram approach, yeah. bleed the clock and run the ball because people want for one will start to key on that, uh, and for, for two, when that's your when that's your game plan, uh, you better hope all your linemen are healthy, right, and and stay healthy and fresh, and because that hasn't happened, and they've had to mix and match, and have had different guys go in and out. And when that when that is the case, the thing you're leaning on kind of goes out the window. If you can't mash people up front, you can't run the ball with a running back who's not a home run threat. You know, uh, if you're relying on him to get a minimum of three and a maximum of, you know, ten, and that's your whole game plan, well, that becomes one and four, <laughs> you know, four one yard and four yard gains, and you're punting every time. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean. It's a it's a huge deal. I, I'm trying to see here. Uh, uh, real quick, along your the lines you were talking about the run the run game. Mark Stoops said today that 17 out of the 27 runs they had were successful in their minds, and their mark for success is four yards or more per run. But he also pointed out that when you don't have those explosive plays, your margin for error is obviously a lot shorter. So if you have a snap that's fumbled and you lose a couple yards, if you have a penalty, if you have a drop pass you're not going to be able to make them up because you're not getting those chunk yardage. Yeah, I mean, just to, to that point, Kentucky ranks uh, 103rd in the country in plays of uh, 20 yards or longer. That's not good. That's not – I mean, that is what it is. I mean, that's what we are kind of yeah, talking that's, about. They that's don't have, the story. Yeah, they don't have the players that make those plays out there, really. And, you know, we were talking about everyone is get the ball to C.J. Conrad, which – Maybe they sh- they probably should pass it to C.J. Conrad. Maybe they should pass it more overall. That probably is a larger point. But C.J. Conrad isn't picking up those kind of plays a ton either. You know that isn't his his game. But but what tight but what tight end does? Oh, I know I mean, that's, that's like that's kind of my point. Like, like like people are like, well, they got C.J. Conrad. Okay, I mean, when is the tight end in very many people's offense been the home run threat? I mean, that's not what it is. That's just that's just not what it is. And again. If the goal is to find more uh, big plays, it's it's not where you're going to find them. Yeah. So and 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 they're having to lean so much on him to 
to help stay in and, and give that running game hope. Or because, pass protection and, in some instances where you're right. seeing, you know, Terry Wilson just get crushed without having too much of a chance. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know that much is going to change offensively before the end of this season. I think they're just going to have to find a way to – Well – what what's some bread and butter can we can we do these handful of things competently you know maybe take a few more just gambles but if you don't have the guys that you have confidence to go get it are you just wasting a play you know yeah. I, I don't know but uh i i don't think we're going to see this dramatic offensive uptick other than the fact that they're going to play you know like certainly against louisville that's a defense that i think you could probably do anything you want no matter what kind of offense you have uh, against, but you know, we, we've seen that this is a flawed team and I think probably most people thought that going into the year that the thing about expectations is they, is they change with the <laughs> drop of a hat and then, and then you were supposed to live up to the new expectations. Yeah. yeah. Like if you told somebody, let's say they finish nine and three and some people will still be disappointed. If you told anybody before the season that they were going to go nine and three and win at Florida, and that they were still going to be in the SEC East race when Georgia came to town. That would have been – they would have said, yes, please, thank you, I'll take that every season. But the story now may be like, well, good enough to go 9-3, and three, but should have been 11-1. and one. Like, okay, it's – you know, Kentucky hasn't ever done that. <laughs> yeah. So what are you talking about? Um, but I, they're flawed. I mean, they're definitely flawed, I don't, and I don't put it all on the talent. Uh, I think there have been some mistakes made by Eddie Grant. I think yeah. Mark Stoops kind of doesn't I mean, he's not going to throw his coach under the bus. But I even heard on his radio show tonight when somebody said, like, why are we always in the shotgun on third and fourth and short? And he first said, well, you know, shotgun teams that you, you stick with what you do. And a lot of you see a lot of teams that are shotgun teams are going to be shotgun teams no matter what the down and distance. But he then kind of let himself <laughs> slip enough to say, but uh, that's not a terrible question, and it's one I asked myself after one of those, you know, third and shorts the other day. Because you know he's an old school football guy and and just a common sense person. And you might say, I think if I only need a few inches to get a first down, I'd rather have my quarterback start almost at the first down instead of four yards deep in the uh, in the backfield. So yeah, um, uh, we talked. We mentioned in passing Stoops' reaction to Benny Snell. He said uh, at his press conference that. He appreciates Benny pointing out those things, and that's what leaders should do. And he said, I don't think he's pointing at anyone personally. And, you know, that, that kind of is, he answered to my question there if it could be kind of get into finger pointing, but if Stoops thinks it's a larger point and he is able to make that point to the rest of the team, then it probably wouldn't be an issue. And also, Kyle, you know, real quick, we, we said all this stuff and some people say, oh, you're making excuses for Eddie Grant. And I don't think that's what we're doing at all. You obviously just didn't there when you're talking about some of the blame is on his shoulders. And I think that's too. But when you want to look at something holistically, you got to look at all the inputs. And Eddie Grant obviously is probably the biggest input into the offensive game plan. You know, but there are other things that happen and drop passes and bad snaps and those things, you know, uh, Stoops made reference of it several times at his press conference and in the, on the coach's call-in show that the snap that Terry dropped, he said that was a perfect play and it would have went for a good gain. He, I, I can't go back and there's no way with my football novice eye I could you know interpret that if that's true. 
But if you take him for what he says, then boom, they're in field goal range easily, and the game's tied, and it, it could go a different way. Obviously, you know, if things continued on the the path that they did, Kentucky probably still loses, but you, you don't know. So uh, you got to look at things a little bit wider, and while Eddie Grant obviously has a good portion of the blame, it all isn't on his shoulders, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you talk about just to revisit explosive plays, Kentucky has four plays all season of 50 yards or longer. Uh, Clemson has 18. Oklahoma has 15. Alabama has 12. Georgia has 10. I mean, these West Virginia has nine. These are five, those are five of the top six teams uh, in the playoff ranking right now. They have more than twice as many, like, legit home run plays, the, the, the big game-breaking plays. You know, Michigan has eight, so it has twice as many. So at basically the entire top six of the playoff ranking uh, right now has more than double the, the, the true home run plays of a Kentucky. That's, that, that is a separator um, between good teams and great teams. Yep. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit basketball. We're going to share where Kentucky fell in the latest college basketball and then we'll take a quick peek around the SEC. But first, I want to tell you guys about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. I visited my sister this weekend. She doesn't have cable, but lucky for me, I got my Sling TV on my phone, and I was able to check out the Vanderbilt-USC game. Um, it's a little basketball action. Got to check out Darius Garland and Simi Shitu, and we'll talk about them in a bit while I was on the uh, away from home. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch just because you want to see your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, and a bunch of other sports. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, that's where I was watching that Vandy game, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen or your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel Anytime. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go check out the free trial. You got nothing to lose. So, Kentucky came in at number 10 in the recent AP Top 25 poll. The headline that everybody is clinging to from this is Duke Jump Kansas to the number one spot, even though Kansas didn't lose, and I don't know when that had happened. I guess it happened once or twice in the poll era, but, I mean, if you have eyeballs, you should understand that Duke's the best team in the country at this point. Yeah, I think when you boat race number preseason number two, and a lot of the voters were probably all in one building at the Champions Classic and saw, saw that both games where Kansas played as well, and almost blew a lead uh, against Michigan State. Kansas is excellent, very good team. Maybe is the best team in the country. Uh, I don't know how you could reach any other conclusion after watching, you know, what Duke did to Kentucky, and they've already played a second time and and looked very impressive again. I mean, Army Army challenged them to an extent, but those the big three were ridiculous again. Yes, yeah, I saw the I, stat that um, combined Kentucky and Army, and yes. combined. Barrett, Williamson, and Reddish. They have outscored them on the season. Yeah, they yeah. have outscored their those three freshmen have outscored their opponents on the season, which is just insane. Cam Reddish, yep. the guy who showed the <laughs> Cam Reddish, who was the 
lesser of three lights in the Kentucky Duke game. Yes. <laughs> it was the brightest in the, in the Army game, hitting a school freshman record for Duke, seven threes in that game. So that's they're just and unbelievable. Zion Williamson now in his college career is 22 of 27 shooting. Ooh, goodness. He's missed five shots in two games, and he has 55 points in 55 minutes of college basketball. Kentucky settled in at 10. Is that – would you is that about right? You think, Kyle? I mean, or yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have had any like qualms if they had gone lower than that. Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of have to totally reset expectations for Kentucky until they play North Carolina. Yeah, I think that's definitely um, fair. I don't know that we'll have a a valid evaluation of them, you know, until until that happens. So I was just looking here, Buffalo. Uh, as we're recording this, Buffalo, which scored a huge upset uh, at West Virginia the other day. Uh, Massenburg had 40-some points for them. Uh, people will remember Buffalo from uh, them basically blowing out Arizona in the first round of the tournament last year and yeah. then, uh, playing Kentucky in the second round. I'll never forget that then coming out coming out uh, after the Kentucky game from the, the Boise, and I, I looked at that score, and I got there. I was kind of late, I think, to the arena. I'm like, that's not right, is it? Arizona's getting beaten yeah. by that much? Yeah, crushed them really start to finish. Um, uh, so they they go so they they finished last season like that. Then they start this season with a win at West Virginia, and they just played a common opponent with Kentucky. Uh, they went uh, to Southern Illinois, which the Southern Illinois coach said to a big laugh in the media room at Rupp Arena the other night. A big ass game for uh, for Southern Illinois. Uh, Buffalo won sixty two to fifty three at southern illinois so um buffalo's legit man because uh, i thought that southern illinois team is really good gonna be really good i still think that buffalo is excellent though and has a, a bona fide superstar all right so we will wrap with you were talking about teams that had legit tests um auburn did and you're talking about boat racing they defeated at that time number 25 washington 88 to 66 and a huge win for the sec out of conference Auburn's going to be really good this year. I don't think that's super surprising to anybody, and they came in number nine in the most recent poll, but I think they kind of showed out for the conference and for themselves. That was a really impressive win. They just looked like they were running circles around the Huskies. Yeah, and they still, like, uh, Austin Wiley's still making his way back uh, from an injury. He was suspended last year or, or ineligible, and uh, Purifoy was also ineligible. He's still mm -hmm. having to ser serve nine games. So they're doing that, and, and they're not even yeah. what they're going to be yet. So uh, Auburn's going to be, I, I think, a, a huge headache. I think Tennessee's going to be a huge headache. Yeah. And Vanderbilt came through with a big win as well out of they, conference. The, yeah, they the won. second one for the league. At USC, 82-78, to 78, and Darius Garland was impressive. I told you, I've been telling people how much I am impressed by that that guard. But Timmy Shitu, back from injury, was super-duper impressive. And there was one play specifically I saw where he got the ball in transition and took it the length of the court, did like a little mini Euro step, and dunked it. And it's, it was just crazy and impressive to see a guy his size be able to do that. Vandy's got some, got some talent. Yeah, that's a guy who wanted Kentucky. Really, I mean, I think if Kentucky had aggressively recruited either Garland or uh, Simi Shitu, they very well could have ended up with either or both of them. They were both uh, thought very highly of Kentucky. Um, Garland never really got the time of day because they had they were in on other guards. But uh, 
they, they sort of flirted with Simi Shitu, never did give him that offer, and uh, he decided to not wait around on him. And he's, he's legit. They got two five-star freshmen. I thought it would take Shitu longer to uh, round into form, but he had a big double-double in that USC game, and uh, that, that's another team in this league that's going to be uh, a problem. Uh, Kentucky's going to have very few, I think, uh, stress-free nights in the Southeastern Conference this year. Hopefully talking about Shimmy doesn't ruin our explicit tag. You can follow along with all our coverage by finding at Locked On UK on Twitter and find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. I mentioned, I don't even know if I told you this, Kyle, that we did like a mini giveaway thing after I recorded that podcast solo after the Champions Classic game. I will be announcing that on the next podcast. So I got all your tweets. Thanks, everybody, for listening to that and responding. That was really cool to see. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can check out the full-length interview with Mark Stoops from today's press conference. It's up on BigBlueInsider.com, and you can find the link on my Twitter page. Follow along with Kyle's work. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H and at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. They got a 40% off special that you can find on Kyle's social media feed. So go click that link, save a few bucks, and subscribe to The Athletic. However you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, review, and then most importantly, share it with someone else who would enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Kentucky. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. This year, so he's not even... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. I can hopefully edit that out. Uh,